on that. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church here in Green Bay, and you're joining us for a podcast where we break down and look at and dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the most current sermon series that happens here at Life Church in Green Bay. Joining me today is my very special friend, Barry Edgman. Say hi, Barry. Hello. I'm so glad that you're here. Like, you guys have no idea how much I've anticipated the chance to sit down with my friend Barry, and I wish uh, everyone knew him as well as I did, but I know that um, he's been here off and on over the past several years, but now he's here all the time. And so, um, Barry, why don't you just, I don't know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, moved to Green Bay uh, probably three months ago. That four, sounds right. About four. Um had an opportunity to move up. I've been trying to get here for a few years now and had the opportunity to come and I've looked forward to it and I'm here now. So I'm very excited about that and I'm very glad to be here. And at present, I'm working with uh, Journey to Wholeness. Yeah, I love and, that. Oh, it's incredible. Um, it's a life changer, game changer for uh, anyone, anyone, anybody who jumps in the boat and makes the journey. Uh, I've done it. Matter of fact, we were in a cohort together. Yeah. Um, we made a lot of noise. We did. And it was good noise. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's what I'm here for. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. So I want to come back to you. But, I, you know, I was thinking about joining the homeless this week because I feel like every interaction I have... Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys need Journey to Hold this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I just, just before I came here, I had a photo shoot and uh, it was a friend of mine, Emily and her mom and her mom was visiting from Pittsburgh. And so, but like the way they spoke with each other and the way that I was like, oh my gosh, you guys need Journey to Wholeness so bad. Like there's just, there's like something you guys got to get over from when Emily was, I don't know, 10 or something maybe. I don't know mm. what it was, but like there's like unaddressed, you know, trauma for both you guys because you just talk to each other so meanly. <laughs> just feel yeah. like, anyway, I just, I've been thinking a lot about Journey to Wholeness lately and everyone needs it. Yeah. So but prior to coming up, like you've been on the the board of directors, yeah, the, right? The, for church the church board, yeah, yeah, for quite some time. Yes, how yeah. many years have you been part yeah. of the board? Uh, probably since the church was started. Yeah, if I go back that far. Yeah, I yeah. love that. So you've yeah. always had your uh, involvement. Involvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah our, for sure, yeah. for yeah. sure. When you came here, when you say you came here, you came here from Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and but you, uh, your background is that you met Sean and Sonny. A long time ago. A long time ago. And what were you doing at that time? At that time, I was a district youth director for the Assemblies of God. Mm, gotcha. Um, and we met at General Council. In Springfield. Uh, I forget. It was in St. Louis that oh. year. And we actually connected at Fine Arts, if you know what that is. Yep. Human videos. Yeah. All the um, photography (laughs) (laughs) and a lot of other things, but that's where we connected and uh, it's been a long time, long ride, nice ride, matter of fact. That's awesome. I love that. I love that you're here because we're friends and I love that you're in the same town as me. Mm. So, but the purpose of uh, this podcast isn't that you listen to Barry and I talk about our friendship. It's in fact to talk about this sermon series. So we're at the last sermon in the sermon series. This is the finale. And so, and I loved every part of it, but let's just jump into uh, the first soundbite from Sean and then we'll, uh, then we'll get started. Then Paul announced his thesis, his text, a quotation from the great prophet Habakkuk, six words in Greek that have been translated to six revolutionary words in English. The just shall live by faith. To be honest, I didn't know that this phrase, the just shall live by faith, came from Habakkuk. I didn't know that that was Paul quoting scripture. I just love the phrase. I love the phrase that the just shall live by faith because that's not, I mean, it's how we're made, but it's not how we live. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, I feel like God didn't make us that way, but that's just how we turned out where we think that the just, wait, what was the saying again? Just are made by faith. The just shall live by shall faith. Shall live by faith, right. Mm-hmm. And so we think that our justification is because of what we do or what we accomplish mm-hmm. or what, how good we can be or how great we can be. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's not what, Paul tells us at all. And so I feel like in our, in our, in our nature, maybe that's it. We're created one way, but our nature is a different sort of thing where, uh, in our nature, that's the way, but 
um, the way that we're created and the way that we should strive to end up is where we look at the fact that our faith is what makes us just. Mm -hmm. So, so here's the way I'm a simple guy and I like to make things simple for myself and for others. I read it like this, the justified shall live Mm. by faith. So the only way that we're justified is by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we cannot be made right with God without Jesus. So anything we do when we're not justified or made right by Jesus and his death and blood and resurrection, then we're, it's no good. It's like dirty rags, trash, yeah. rubbish. Yeah. The message calls it dog dung. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's uh, you, dog dung or the message? I mean, I love, I love the, the message. I love, I love, because I've, I'm, I'm being even a simpler man than Barry, but like, I just, I mean, man, let's just be real about it, right? Yeah. I mean, like, what's much, what's, what's crappier than dog crap when you get right down to it? Well, well, the, the thing in this culture today, and the truth is, the really the truth is that the the simple truth actually throws people off. It it confounds them a little and offsets them. Yeah, and that's the reason I like it because it pushes back all of their objections initially. I mean, people are going to think and they're going to listen, but the simpler we are, it either confounds and confuses people who think they're wise or people who are really searching grab hold and yeah. go with it right yeah. yeah and that's and in fact it's the second the latter that i mean that's who jesus told us to go out and get mm-hmm. you know when he's like okay go get go to the streets into the highways into the hedges right go mm-hmm. get people and bring them back here and those are the people not the people that were invited and didn't come mm-hmm. right to the party like we're supposed to go out and get the people and those are the people that are you know those are the confounded ones that you know I mean, he loves everybody, but that's mm-hmm. who I feel like we're made to go out and fetch, right? The people that are like, you know, lost and marginalized and on the outside looking in. Like he's not interested in the in the people that think that their justification or their justness is because of who they are, or the title that they've achieved or the status that they've achieved either in the world or in the church. Yeah, well, justification it's, it, you're exactly right. Justification is defined by Christ, not by us. Not by us. It's 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 his word. It's what he did. It's what the Father sent him to do, because we we messed it up. That being said, what a loving Savior he is to do what he did, and to come and to bring the right to be forgiven and to be made right with God. Just I was taught this in college, and I remember this. Uh, while thinking about today, uh, justification means just as if I had never sinned. Mm. That's that's what we were taught. I don't know, you know, I, I've thrown out a lot of things I was taught, but a lot I kept because it's really good. And if you think about that in that in that concept, Jesus came and we were justified by our faith, by the work of God and His Son. And we were justified just as if we had never committed a sin. Now, that throws a whole different light on how we live after we become a Jesus person. Our, our, our post-Christian decision, once we've decided it's as if all of that sin, all of that pre-Christian stuff never happened. So there's a freedom in that. And there's a freedom to be able to walk in that. And then there's also a freedom to grow forward and and not live in regret and look over our shoulder as to what could hold us back. And honestly, again, journey to wholeness plug, a lot of things in my life held me back Hmm. that the Lord had freed me from. And I had to have this tool to go through this process. So really, it's it's the Lord Jesus that brings this to our life. And there's nothing we can do. Nothing we can do, say, buy, purchase, uh, nothing we can become. Um, There's no work that any of us could do to ever become forgiven or justified. Yeah, and that's in the Bible. I mean, in a different set of words, but that for sure. It reminds me kind of, of, uh, I don't know what day you're listening to this, it's probably not today, but tonight, you know, my favorite team, the Green Bay Packers, are playing football. 
and uh, hello. One of the things that uh, my guy Aaron Rodgers is known for right now is this hard count thing that he does, right, mm-hmm. to make the defense hop off sides because then he gets a free play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, he doesn't have to play. He doesn't run the play that was called. Like, if the play was just like an off-tackle run, he's not going to keep that play. No. Right? He's going to go for everything because it's free. Right? Yeah. So he's going to, yeah. like, his guys are going to run straight down the field and hope that they're faster than their guys, and he's going to throw the ball up and try to score a touchdown. Because if it's intercepted or incomplete or whatever happens, n- nothing. it doesn't matter because it's a free play. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, there's a saying in— And we scored in the last game on one of those two, we by did. the way. We totally yep. did. Yes. Yep. And, so, and there's a saying, I think, like in gambling. I'm not a gambler, not because I'm— Assemblies of God, but because like he's not a gambler, so like, but there's a thing like you're playing with house money. Like if you're mm. if you're up, right, and you put back in your pocket what you came in with. Now you're playing with house money, mm-hmm. and somehow you're just freer, right? You're like all of this is icing, all of this is a free play. So I'm just going to use this until, and that's the thing about this justification is that is that it's a free play for us that that once we've confessed our faith and repented from our sins, it, he doesn't even remember them. He's, he's already forgotten it. So, like, I can live my life freely to love other people in such a way that I don't have to worry about protecting myself. Or I don't have to worry about serving myself or, 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 like, being selfish. Like, I can live freely, like, in love and compassion and charity and giving because it's a free play. I, <laughs> well, part of the justification thing, Scott, is this, is that we, we are freed from our past so that we can begin to model the life of Jesus in our life. So, so we... It's, it's easier said than done, obviously. However, the truth is that our model at the justification point, the salvation point, our model then is Jesus. Yes. And to, to just do what he did, just be Scott, uh, be Jesus, let Jesus be uh, Jesus in, in Scott's skin. Yeah. Right? Yep. So we just model him. And do what he did. A lot of people look at this whole thing. This is on my mind lately. Look at this whole thing as this transaction that I got to be good, good enough to get into heaven or and or good enough to stay out of hell. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we think that's that's, you know, I got it. Like, I don't need to go to church. I know that that's the model. Right. Well, that's, that's not, false justification. Right, right. right. That's not the model at mm-hmm. all. Right. And so so some people are just waiting for heaven like, it'll be great once I get through life and I try to stay good and keep my nose clean because when I get to heaven, it's going to be fantastic. But, like, Jesus calls us to make heaven on earth, right? I feel like. And so, like, and that looks like everyone acting out and serving out and loving out like Jesus did, right? So I feel like, well, we'll never get to heaven on earth. We can start acting, like you said, like Jesus did. And he always just act out of compassion and charity and love, mm-hmm. right? He just, that's just what he did. And so imagine how much nicer your world can be. Like, I can't change the whole world, but I can change my world. I can change the people around me. I can change the life of the people around me by by living that way. And so it's not a, it's not an end game transaction because I find like I really enjoy my life here on earth, loving and giving and sharing and charitizing. That's not a word, but like, I, I love that life. I love this life. Like mm-hmm. I'm anxious for heaven, but I, I haven't thought about if I'm going to go to heaven or hell in a long time. It's assured to me. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. assured to me. I'm not trying to keep my nose clean. Well, it, it's it is back to what you said. And that is that our good works are worthless. And and if you're trying to be good, if you're uh, one of my favorite groups is uh, Cadillac three. I love them. And I believe one of their songs says something like this is that I hope Jesus smiles when I get to heaven. So I know that you know, I can go in. Mm-hmm. Well, the truth is there's, there's nobody righteous enough to do good things. Uh, Jesus said, no one is good. Nobody's good. So let me relieve if you're listening and you're trying to do good and you're trying to say good things and be good things, you will never do it on your own. You will never do it without Jesus. And the quicker we all come to that realization about we can't do it ourselves, then our life will become freed up in an amazing way that we have never imagined but always wanted or worked for. Playing playing the role, rolling the dice, uh, being a good guy, good girl, and doing good things, if you're trying to roll the dice and do that, I can tell you now you're going to lose. Hands down, you will lose because there is one way, one gateway to heaven not many, there's one, and it's Jesus. And Jesus 
brings us to the Father so that we're able to be saved from sin. Sinful nature, it's changed. And then by, by default, we want to do the things that the Lord wants us to do. It, it's then in our new nature. It's in the nature of Christ. So the things that we do because we're saved, because we're justified, because we're freed from sin, then we do those things because the master led us to do them, not because we're trying to get to heaven on our own. Right, right. That's the free play. That's, yeah, perfect. That's awesome. So God's judgment is made plain. But his justice is made plain as well by showing positively that he is just and that he justifies everyone who believes in Jesus. So what becomes of our boasts? There's no room for them. So I feel like this is a continuation of what we just talked about. Right. Because there's people, plenty of people that want to, the whole system wouldn't work if it was because of something that we did. The whole system, because some people are more capable or have more possibility or more, I don't know, a better disposition, more privilege, if you will, to like be able to complete that if it were all left up to us. So it, it can't be. God's got to finish it all for all of us. So that way none of us can boast. Right. So like now I might get to 28 percent and you're at 30 percent. But in the end, you know, God's still doing 70 percent for you and 72 percent for me. God's our finisher. Right. God's mm. our finisher. And so none of us can say, look what I did or look who I am or look what I've accomplished. Yeah. Well, what you just said in Hebrews, Paul wrote that the father is the author and the finisher of our faith. So I think as that transpires in our lives, as we learn that then he begins to do in us what we can never do in ourselves. In fact, as we, as we mimic and, and follow the life of Jesus, the spirit of the Lord fulfills that and makes us full of Jesus so that it's a complete effort. For example, we all have capacity and we all have capability. For example, I have, I have a small capacity in my life to take really good pictures with an iPhone. I have capability to do that. The reason I have capacity is because I've read a little bit about it. I've experienced it. I've, I've, used, I've used the methodology on the mm-hmm. iPhone to take pictures. So I have the capacity. I have the capability. Scott Eastman, on the other hand, has a huge capacity, full capacity, to take pictures, the knowledge, the equipment, the ideas, the experience, all of that. And he has the capabilities to do that as well. He's got the tools, the opportunity, the people, the places. So the difference in Jesus is we're not taking pictures in the kingdom. We are, but but it, that's not what we're called to do. What we're called to do is to be like Jesus, take up our cross daily and follow him. So Jesus increases our capacity yes. to be like him and to fulfill the call of the Father. The Holy Spirit gives us the capabilities that Jesus wants us to have, that Jesus provided for us through his death, burial, descension into hell, ascension back to the grave, and then rising from the dead. So that's what the Spirit does. So all of us, our capacities and our capabilities are, the way I see it, are equal because the Lord's doing the same work in us all. He's called us all to do different things. And all of those things that we do, that He's called us to do, as we are faithful to work and uh, give opportunity to, to fulfill the call and to do those things. Our capacities grow, our capabilities grow. It's the same as uh, the talents. Yes. Guy's got one, guy's got five, guy's got 10. And the guy with one buried the stuff and he's an evil guy, but the five got five more and the guy with 10 got 10 more. It's not about the five or the 10, it's about the one. Yeah. If you got one, use it. You may the best. You may be the best. You may be the best cheerleader for downtrodden people in the history of the world, and that's what God's called you to do. But this guy over here's got five. Well, it's the same reward. Yeah. 
you're faithful in what God's called you to do. It's the same with 10. Does that yeah. make any sense yeah, at all? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. It makes perfect and it's And it's God that does the multiplication in our lives. Right. right? We, that, we can't do it. No. It's, it's like, no. We're the one, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll bury this, right? I'll bury uh, it so I've got uh, it at the end. Yep. You know, I'm I thought ho- you'd be happy. I'm going to hoard. It. I'm going to hoard this yes. one. Nobody's going to steal it. Nobody's going to know where it's at. And look, you'll be so proud. No, <laughs> because here's the thing. People want to risk hell in eternity by, by not committing to Jesus and trying to do good. Why not give your heart to Jesus and risk on the, on the upside? Yes. Hey, maybe I can get five talents. I want five talents so I can serve the Lord more. Yeah. Not because I can make millions more dollars. No, yeah. it's not. It's not that. It's I want to serve Jesus and I want to be faithful. I want him to bless me, but I want to do what he wants me to do in this life. Yeah. Because yeah. tomorrow it may not come. And if it does, as we've learned, it's not going to look like what we expected it to look like. Right. It'll be totally different. Yes. Yeah. Anyone who does, doesn't know the spirit of Christ. And that doesn't belong to Christ. But, and he would warm to a theme that he would go on to be one of his favorites. This idea that if Christ is in you, he leads, he takes away, he takes away fear, He gives and directs the urge to pray and creates a consciousness that we are children of God, to which he'd write, what then shall we say to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Hello. Yeah. That's huge. Yes. For sure. For sure. (laughs) I love this because I, I feel like we talked about this at LC downtown last night. And if you've not come, you're super welcome to come and visit us. We get together every Sunday night at gather on Broadway at 6 PM uh, on Sundays for dinner. We have dinner. Uh, gather makes us dinner last night. It was this amazing tomato basil bisque thing with these fresh made, still warm, like roll things with all with cold butter. It's like warm rolls with cold butter. That's my jam right there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's really, really good. And cookies. Anyway, but we have dinner and then we watch the message from the weekend and then we talk about the message right around tables, just like in these conversations, like they were like in this podcast, except with, you know, a group of people. And it's just, it's fantastic. Anyway, we were there talking uh, last night at LC downtown about this topic. And we talked about how sometimes like somebody get like a bucket, like a water, but then like you, I don't know, like push something into the bucket or you maybe, or a tub. Let's, let's switch that. It's not a bucket. It's a tub. Let's say it's a tub. Let's say it's a little tub upstairs at my house, right? Like there's this little, like, I don't know, kid tub. It's not like a baby tub, but it's like not a very big mm-hmm. tub. So, however, if you fill up that tub right all the way to the tippity top, or at least until like when that thing starts sucking it down, there's that thing mm-hmm. at the bottom of the uppy downy thing that <laughs> like that, mm. like the, it's an overflow thing. That, anyway, that's happening in your mind, but go ahead. Anyway, that really happens. There's the thing. Anyway, yeah. so you fill this up, but then if me, like if you've ever met me, I'm not a small dude, kind of a big dude. And when I get into the tub, right, there's all this water that will go off over the edge of the tub. Like I'm displacing too much water, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like the same thing is true of God in our life if we let him, right? If we if we, if we we ask God in, he like gets into our tub and all of us, the parts of us kind of splash over the sides, like the, the crappy dog dung, dirty rags parts of us splash over the sides and all that's left inside of us, inside of us, the tub is the God part. And I love that. Like, I love, love, love that. I need God to displace the dog crap part of me and fill me with him, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I feel this is a part of my faith that I never, for the first 45 years of my life, maybe longer, right? As long as I've been in church, never, ever understood that I need to completely replace who I am with who God is or who Jesus is like in me and start, like you said, act like Jesus is like wearing my skin. Right. Like he's, you know, he's walking around my body. I'm a well, mar- like it's, it's, I heard it this way. And it's really cool. Jesus in Scott skin. Yes. Yep. Right. And that's. Yeah. So I, I think and, and Pastor Sean said it at well there. But even this we can't do by ourselves. Nope. Like, again, if, if we can learn that even the displacement part that you're talking about, that. 
We can't do that alone. It's like this. For example, um, there are certain things, certain foods and types of food that I cannot buy at the grocery store and take home. Here's why. I will eat, I will, I will consume those things. I, I'll say that um, I'm going to be careful and I'm going to eat proper. No. For some people, it's M&M's. For some people, it's Reese, Reese piece things. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, but if you get the chocolate covered Oreos mm. or Cheez-Its or Jell-O, <laughs> You tell them a bachelor. <laughs> Three food groups. <laughs> but it it doesn't happen. So when you when you understand what your triggers are and you understand, look, if I don't have Jesus actively in my life by his presence, the Holy Spirit leading me, guiding me, speaking to me telling me which way to go, whispering. I will tell you, I will tell you this, Scott, that if we can learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, he will speak and we have to tune our ear to his voice. It's like I can be in a crowd uh, and I can hear one of my friends across the room. Like if we're, I can hear you, I can hear Sean, uh, Becky, whoever, if you're a close, if you've got a close friend yeah. and you're in a big room, you know their voice. All right. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He's not obnoxious. He's not rude. He's not loud, but he speaks. And we got to tune our ear to his voice to do what he says. And every time we listen to his voice and hear his voice and respond accordingly to his voice and, and do what he says, then in fact, we are becoming more like Jesus right there in that very point. Yeah. The idea is, and again, I'm, tr I'm trying to oversimplify this for me, but the idea is that we can focus so much on the junk that we want to get rid of that we're always focused on the junk. If we focus on the voice and just respond to the voice, instead of spoonfuls of, of junk getting out of our lives, there'll be truckloads of stuff uh, just by listening to the voice. Yeah, I it, love that. It's just, it's, it's, one guy said this to me, we had a discussion sometime back and we had a discussion about being simple, simplicity. It's simple to do certain things but it's most of the time very difficult to do simple stuff. Like, well, just just live for Jesus. Well, that's a simple statement and it's a simple thing to do. But when, when it comes to working your salvation out, it's work and that's where the Holy Spirit is. Can we talk about this for a second? Because I feel like this is a big piece that the... Certainly the American church and maybe even the worldwide church, I feel like is a piece that gets left behind or, or forgotten about or like put on a back burner. And that's the idea of discipleship, right? Mm -hmm. Where I feel like we're, we're super anxious to welcome people into the kingdom of God. And that's super duper important because that's what we're called to do, right? Go into the, all the countries and all the nations and make disciples of all of us. They know the blah, 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 right? So there's all that, right? So I know that that's our thing. But like you said, it's not enough to say, and then just become more like Jesus. Next, right? Like we can't like, you know, we can't like just push them off. We have to, we have to walk them through that. And the whole, the whole definition of discipleship, if you, if you get rid of the church kind of definition of it and look for, at the origin of it, like if we look at Jesus and his disciples, those dudes were tight. Tight. Like and, and they were tight because they went everywhere. They didn't they didn't drive or fly everywhere. They walked everywhere. And so like this this trip from you know Jerusalem to Samaria or whatever, I mean, that took like days, days just walking with the same dudes over and over and over again. And that's how discipleship happens by walking with someone over and over and over again. And that's how we should be discipling the people that we know. And we can't disciple two hundred people at a time or five thousand people at a time. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of people you know, a lot of people will come to church, right? And they'll be like, I want to be tight with Sean because Sean's amazing. And I want to, I can get a phone call with Sean because they feel like they need to be discipled by Sean. Yeah. Right. Or whoever. Yeah. Like that's not the, that's not how it works. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, like right. we disciple each other. You're right. Like, I mean, like we, and that's, and that's what we should be. So when this, I, this thing about in this pivot in the COVID about moving to pocket churches and having your birthday party people over to your house, like that's the whole point. Those yeah. are the people you should be discipling yeah. or looking to disciple you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. So pastor Sean, pastor Sean does disciple us all, but it's, it's just not the way some people want it, want to be discipled. And again, we're back to doing it the Jesus way, right? So two things. One, uh, there's a couple of books that I've read about discipleship that have transformed my thinking about discipleship. One of them is by F.F. F. Bruce, The Training of the Twelve. It's it's exactly what you're, they, they're walking and Jesus says, hey, hey, devil, shut up and yeah. Peter, go behind me because you're you're being influenced right now by Satan. It's that kind of, hey, in your face, but at the same time on the next flip, you flip the page and then there's mercy and grace and hey, you're going to be this guy. Yeah. You, 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 your mouth says this, but I say this. And if you'll just listen, you'll be this. The other book is by, um, um, oh, what's the guy's name? I'll remember it in a second. Mm -hmm. But- Back to the the discipleship. Imagine imagine people getting saved, and the scripture says that they're infants, they're babies. Like we have to help them along. Yes. Like, and it doesn't mean they're literal babies, but it means in their understanding of Jesus, it's we have to teach. We have to teach. I had to be taught. You had to be taught. I I, I was. My first few years, I was very religious kind of guy, and I had to have that broken in my life, just like you. Mm -hmm. You said you first 45 years, and now it's like, oh, it, I wish I would have heard this before. Yes. So it's it's like when 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 people give their heart to Christ, they're they're newborn infants. So imagine a newborn infant. Okay, you're diapered. Here's your bottle. Now move on out of the way so we can do this. It's <laughs> right? like, yeah, that's why so many people give up. I believe because they nobody came alongside of them to walk with them and said, "Look, this is the way you walk. This is how you. This is how you do it. Yeah. Walk with me, and and you'll see how Jesus has worked in my life, and we can talk about that and how He can work in your life. Right? I feel like. I mentioned sitting in a bathtub and displacing all the water. So mm -hmm. you can imagine there's been a number of times in my life where I tried to like make, I'm going to, this is it. Uh, January 1st, I'm going to start blah, blah, yeah. blah. Or this month I'm going to start doing this program or I'm going to start this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that there's some people that can make a decision like to eat better and exercise more and be, and then they just do it on their own. They're just like, they have the kind of whatever, right? And I'm sure that there's people of faith, there's Jesus people that can do the same mm -hmm. thing. I met Jesus and now that's, I, I just found, I just did it all my own, but I can't do that. I, if I'm not accountable to somebody, if I'm not guided by someone, if I can't text somebody or call somebody or have someone lean into me, I'm never going to do it. I can't do it. And so like, I, I tried to join this thing here locally. It was like this food programming thing. It wasn't Weight Watchers, but it was like mm -hmm. through a hospital, right? Mm -hmm. It's like not really eating. They give you like this fake food that they ask you to eat and you have to buy it from them. Well, anyway, it's not important. But like I went in there expecting them to disciple me. Like I wanted to be disciple. Disciple me on how to eat better. Mm -hmm. Disciple me on like why I'm eating poorly. Disciple me like I need help, right? It's not a matter of caloric intake for me, right? There's a bunch of other emotional things and things I need to be coached on. And they didn't provide that. And I thought, boy, for like $300 a week, I feel like you should be coaching me or you should be discipling me. And so, like, I resented it. And so I mm. used that as a reason to quit. And I feel like people could do the same thing with their faith, right? Like, listen, wait, I, it's not enough for me just to make this decision that I want to start. I need someone to walk me through the start. I need someone to walk me through what's the right way to eat. And we're like, why am I making these decisions? And, like, who's telling me to journal? No one's telling me to journal. And so I'm not going to journal. Again, there's plenty of people that will journal on their own. And they're going to pray on their own. And they're going to eat right on their own. Lean fudge-covered Oreos alone on their own. Or cheese names. Mm -hmm. How is that even bad mm -hmm. for you? Much yeah, like Cheez-Its. 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 With cheddar and bacon. Do you oh. dip them in something? No, it's, you get them flavored like that, oh, bro. How bad can that be bro, for you? Yeah, well, it's bad when you eat eat a whole box in a day and a oh, half. It's right. like that. It's okay. not. It's, anyway. It's bad. 
So I just feel like discipleship needs to work the same way that some of us can just do it on our own. But for most of us, I feel like we need Weight Watchers. We need Purvea's fasting program. We need someone that will coach us and believe in us and cheerlead for us and walk along with us and be committed. Even if we're in, in the health world, we're paying people to do that. But in the faith world, people are doing it because they love you. So find people that love you and love Jesus and say, I need to be discipled. You're at least one step ahead of me. Help me, right? And that's all you got to be to disciple someone is one step further, right? Mm. You don't have to, you don't need, Sean's not, like, I love Sean, right? He's a good dude, right? But, like, I don't need Sean to disciple me because somehow he's on the mountaintop. He's not on the mountaintop. He tells that you that every week if you just listen, mm-hmm. right? So you don't need someone on a mountaintop. You just need someone that can give you a hand up. And they're only one step ahead of you. Like, you don't need someone at the top. You need someone that's just ahead of you. Mm-hmm. That's where you need the help. Yeah. So here's the thing. There are no lone wolves in the kingdom. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying wolves run in packs. That, that's the truth of it. Uh, none of us can become all that we can be on our own. It, it takes a group of us. Yes. Now, I know some people are bent out of shape a little. Their, their rhythm or their, 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 the way they think and do because we're not meeting in the building. Well, there there are things happening in culture right now that restrict that. But what's not restricted, what's, what is happening is for us to have the opportunity, uh, we're, we're sort of forced into it by, by COVID, mm-hmm. to meet with smaller groups. Now, here's where, here's where the rubber meets the road. I go to two, uh, two pocket churches on Sunday. Um, I go to the exchange, which is a larger pocket, but it's amazing. Mm. Um, there is something different about worship and then sitting around a table with six or so people talking about the message, just like we're doing right here. Right. And you would be surprised at the insight that the guy that you just met for the first time, you go, bro, where did you come from? Yeah. Like this guy, you could say... Uh, he's been with Jesus, but not really. It's like uh, he, he's a new guy, and young 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 people in the faith, like new believers, they they have so much so much childlike faith, and they say things out of childlike faith, and it's like, oh, that rem- I wish I could get back yeah. to that place. Yeah. So there's that iron sharpening iron. There's the mature guy, the the mature couple. There's young couples who are not married, and you're sitting there having a conversation, and all of a sudden you see this 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 electricity begin to happen because you are becoming part of this guy's story. Yes, and he's becoming part of your story. Yep, and now. You have developed, wait a minute, in my neighborhood where I came from, look, I can talk about my friend, but you say something about my friend. <laughs> yeah. 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 You you got all of us to deal with. It's that kind of relationship. Like you begin to gravitate to one another. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think some people need to come to church. They, they need the big house. They need the big, the, the God dome. They need to come here and go. Um, but I think that there, there's a day upon us that, you know, that's got to change for us all. And I think this, this, this pocket church thing is, is really the way that Jesus is saying to us, look, we're going into some times here that are not going to be real good for some places in the world, uh, probably most places in the world. And we've got to have communities of faith, small communities of faith that are part of a large community of faith that we still grow together. We still become one with each other so that when we do get back together, we're stronger. We don't have to recreate the wheel. We don't have to figure out how to get everybody here because we're already, we've been together. We're pushing against, we're spurring each other on. Paul again in Hebrews says, spurring one another on in the faith. Come on, man. Yeah. So if we're not doing that, if we're not growing, if we're not growing with who you want to come to your birthday party, well, better crew to grow with, right? right? Yep. And maybe include one or two here and there. Uh, Dallas and Shelby have a great, like a great pocket church. Here's the reason why. Shelby's a great cook. I mean, the food that they, <laughs> so it's grown because of food, but guess what? 
they're all walking together now. Yeah. Yep. So find that place because it's you cannot disciple yourself. That's it. And and I would go this far too, Scott. I would go this far to say that you can't be discipled in a big auditorium either. Yeah. But we need each other is yeah. what I'm saying. Yep. That's We need small groups of people. As for non-Christian Jews and pagans, Paul did his utmost to live at peace with them no matter how much they disliked him. He hated evil. He wouldn't let mockery, discouragement, the malice of antagonists or imposters loosen his grip on what he knew to be good. But instead, he blessed his persecutors and prayed for them just as Jesus had instructed in the Sermon on the Mount, which Paul could quote verbatim. He repaid evil with good, feeding his enemy if hungry, giving them drink if thirsty and not seeking revenge, but instead leaving the Lord to look after the question of just payment. He said, don't be overcome by evil overcome evil with good. We live in a very contentious time. I feel like I've, I feel like I've said that in every one of these podcasts since March, mm-hmm. that it's just, everyone wants to be in a fight with everybody else. Everyone's looking for the ways that I disagree or we disagree with one another or, you know, the differences that we have with one another or like we just, we want to be fighting. I, I drive, uh, I live out in Bellevue. And so my drive home takes me down uh, this street called Eaton Road. Eaton Road's kind of a, a major thoroughfare. And it's racked or chocked full of political signs, presidential mm-hmm. political signs, you know? And so, and then, you know, this side of street is this, and this side of street is that. And there's some spray paint on this guy's sign, but there's no spray paint on that guy's sign. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, and I, I was trying to remember, do I ever remember like so, such a mass amount of like vandalizing or stealing political signs. Like I feel like everyone's like, oh, they vote for that. That's interesting. Like that's just how we would do it. That's interesting, right? Like you wouldn't hate that guy. You wouldn't go steal that guy's thing or you wouldn't spray paint that guy's sign, Mm -hmm. you know? But like we're at this place where like we just want to be enemies with everybody. We just, we're, we're, we're frustrated because we're, closed in or restricted in our movements or what we have to wear on our face when we're out and about. We're, we're inundated with information from the media that are pumping arguments or pumping views. And we're, you know, it's just like, there's one thing or another that's instilling in us the sense of like fight. And so then we're always just looking at, okay, I got to figure who I'm fighting against. And so we're naturally going to pick the people that are different than us. You know what I mean? Like we're going to pick, pick people that look for the, at the very least look different than us or a different color than us. Or we're going to look at people that we know vote different from us or like, like uh, earn less or more money than us or that, you know what I mean? Like we're just always looking for some that oh, that's my enemy because they're different from me and I hate you, right? You're an idiot. Right? And we just, we want to be that way. And this passage where Sean's talking tells me like, I'm not supposed to go back then and paint someone else's sign, right? If they paint my sign, I'm not supposed to, if they call me something, I'm not supposed to call them something back. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, like I'm, I'm supposed to repay evil with good. And so if I look at what they've done to me as evil, is it evil? I don't know. But if I look at it as evil, then I should repay that with good. And so if we all did that, I mean, there'd be no more evil. I feel like that's, you know, that's the end game and it's impossible, right? Cause we all don't believe that. We all don't believe what Jesus said, but I feel like it's hard to do that. But I, I feel like we're called to do that. We're called to be peacemakers. We're called to be cheek turners. We're called to be, I mean, not to the point like where we're, they're hurting us or they're hurting people that we love or hurting. Right. I mean, there's certain things we have to protect for sure. Right. But I mean, but I mean like, like when Peter, right, in the garden, mm-hmm. Jesus is going to get arrested, right? Mm-hmm. The church police are there. Yeah. Right? And they're going to arrest Jesus. And Peter's yeah. like, hang on, man, right? And he's going to fight. And Jesus is like, we're not fighting. We're not fighting. We're not, we're not fighting. <laughs> and, and what? And Peter pulls out a sword, right? Or a, a knife or a blade, and he cuts the guy's ear off. Now, here's true proof right here that Peter was a redneck. I can tell you. <laughs> Peter was a redneck. Peter was a redneck because he was a fisherman and he had a knife. So, uh, here, here's the thing that I, I'm, I'm, I'm a student of people. I love to watch people and I love to listen to people talk because you can listen to, I can hear four or five sentences and I can tell you just about where that guy's head is and what's going on and 
why he feels like he does. Because if you just be quiet and listen to people, they will spew all over you, mm-hmm. whether you want to know it or not. But we live in a divisive culture. And, and it it's designed by default that way by the leaders of culture, hmm. by the political leaders of culture or the local, le- or if you're in a conversation, somebody's the leader in that conversation, they're going to lead where they want it to go. So th- the way that Jesus in, in the message or the, the verse that Sean drew attention to, there's, there's one way to come against evil and Jesus, Jesus just simplified it and said, look, if somebody does evil with you, don't do evil with them. Be kind. For example, what you said about the signs, if somebody paints my sign, I can go. It, it's really more about not a sign. It's about you did this to me. I'm going to do this to you. It's the old eye for an eye kind of thing. Yep. It's that it's that Cain and Abel kind of stuff where you've created you've created a situation where I now have to defend myself and I'm going to attack you. Well, I don't have to attack people who don't think the same way I did or do. Neither do you. But in this culture, it's it's a stew that's transpiring that way. And if 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 in fact people don't believe like we do, some are more intense than others, far more intense. Then I think what Sean says here and what Paul said was this: simply look. Just because this guy wants to argue with you doesn't mean you have to argue with him. Mm-hmm. Just because this guy wants to sue you doesn't mean you have to sue him. In fact. If we do what the Lord says, there will be times that we'll lose in the natural, but we'll win in in the eternal. There will be times where it didn't turn out the best for us, but the Lord will not leave us like that. I know people who, great people who who have been faith giants, but they died of disease. Um, I know people who have been mistreated and destroyed uh, some great pastors just totally destroyed by their by their congregation and their denomination yet yet they never turned to fight they did exactly the way Jesus did they stood for themselves they spoke the truth uh, and I'm sure that that's happened to probably a lot of people who are listening they they've been mistreated in a way when they did the right thing you know what? That's exactly what Jesus said to do. And you will be blessed in this life and the next as well. Yeah. That, that's what, that's the way I see that thing. Don't fall. Don't get suckered in on the divisive thing. There, there's plenty of it. Yeah. Plenty of it. Yep. So as he dictated this magnum opus, this most important of works, he contemplates and channels all the challenges he's faced for the past 25 years the mocking and the loneliness, being beaten with sticks and whipped over and over again, the prisons and dungeons he was left to rot in, being shipwrecked and lost at sea. And he details how all of those struggles revealed to him how he needed to live his life so full of Jesus that there was no room left for himself that his desire was to be able to walk into any city or situation and be so full of Jesus that the people he encountered were left with no option other than to want to embrace the same Jesus who had embraced Paul in his deepest times of need and would do the same thing for them. Scott, the name of that book that I was telling you about a while ago, the the two books, the second book is uh, The Cost of Discipleship by Mm -hmm. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh, of course. So that book is is incredible. And it's exactly if if anybody was like Paul on this earth, besides besides Sean Hennessy, I think it would be Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, He actually uh, was active in living during the the Hitler regime in Germany and eventually was one of the greatest theologians of the day. Yes. And one of the greatest disciplers of the day. Um, but 
in in game, he was executed because he was a spy. Uh, and what a great story about giving your life for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving your life for a brother. Yeah. And if you look at the life of Paul, he got to the end of it and, and, and was at the apex. And he realized that's when he wrote the book of Romans. And that's the big deal, the big truth. For me to, to, to channel the challenges in my life, to make change in my life, but especially to make change in other lives is probably the biggest challenge. Um, and we use that word a lot, but it's the biggest friction point in my life. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, going back to the bathtub or the bucket or whatever we're mm -hmm. talking about mm -hmm. where, I mean, I feel like Sean says this, I need to like, how do you say it? I need to, Jesus needs to be so present in my life that there's not room for me. Right. And, 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 and yeah. And when he should be so present as well, that when we walk into a room, the atmosphere changes. Yes. Like, because we're so full of Jesus. Yes. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of people, and I'm not trying to be boastful or horn tooting, but a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, Scott, he's always so full of life and he's always such a good hugger and he's so friendly and kind and blah, 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 blah. That's not my nature. Like my nature, like I'm, uh, like I'm a bleep head. Like I'm that, I'm that, I'm, I'm that like in my, in my natural state. And so like, uh, I was shooting a wedding the other day. Um, I was telling my church this last night downtown, I was doing a wedding and it was in a Catholic church and the priest came up to me and I put a stick on my hand. I said, hi father, my name is Scott. And he didn't stick out his hand. And so I said, Oh, are you not shaking hands? And so I like gave him my elbow, the chicken wing. And mm -hmm. he didn't do that either. He said, no, we're not shaking hands, but we're wearing masks. Cause I hadn't had my mask on at that mm -hmm. point. And I thought, boy, there's like five other ways that you could have, you know, greeted me just then. And so like, and I got really crappy, like towards him. Like I, what I do with myself, like if, if, if there's something like that happens, like I shut down, like I shut down all the sweet Scott, the shiny Scott, the, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I've become like super sarcastic and snotty Scott. And so like, and then I'll like say stuff about that guy. Maybe just within earshot of him, maybe not. I don't know. Like it's just just far enough. So where where was this? This it's took place. Some, some Catholic church down in Shorewood. Oh, right? oh, at the wedding thing. Yes. Oh. And so like I was just mad that he treated me that way. Like he didn't have to treat me that way. He no. could have said, "Hi, yes, I'm Father Whatever." Right? And la la la. He could have said that and said, "Hey, I don't know if you saw the signs, but on the way in, but like we're, we're, here we're we're just gonna we, we'd ask you just keep your mask on." That's all he had to say. Is he didn't have to refuse a handshake or refuse my greeting or not? Show me respect. Yeah, this is all the things, this is all the thing I'm doing in my head. And so, so then like he walks away and like I, he's walking away and like his hair's all a must. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm calling it a must, right? It was like, he just got out of bed. Like he just got out of bed to come do this maybe wedding. Maybe he did. Yeah, maybe he did. And so like just loud enough, I'm like, hey bro, maybe you could have run a comb through your hair before you, right? <laughs> just loud enough or maybe he could hear me, but probably not. Like it just, I do that. And that's not cool. That's enmity. That's enmity. Right. Paul talks to yeah, me you, about enmity. You're just, you're just venting. Right. And so anyway, that's not my natural state. And so, but I feel like, uh, and I repented of that and I went and, you know, spoke with him and like rose above his, what I felt like was his affront. And so I was like sweet to him and kind to him and paid respect. How did he respond? Equally friendly then. Like he was yeah. my pal then. Yeah. I think good. he resented, regretted. Like his, anyway, it's not important. So, you know, it is important. Here's why. Because some people are just rude and then some people are just bent out of shape. Yeah. And most of the time, either way, they need journey to wholeness. They do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. But, but, yeah. but I think that, that some people are just rude and, or bent out of shape or they're just some mean people. Yeah. And I believe that we have the opportunity because- for me, those are the kind of guys that you just want to smack in the teeth. Like, mm -hmm. you stinking dog. Like, <laughs> bro, come on. But I think that that once we learn how not to be offended, it's easier to do what Jesus did. Yes. It's like, look, the guy's just rude, had a bad day. 
he's a Catholic priest. He's got a lot to deal with. He's got his own troubles and accusations. Who knows what he's going through? Who knows what his problems are? He's doing a wedding here. He doesn't want to be here. He wants to be somewhere else. So the, the deal is for us to learn, don't take it personal. It's easy to take it personal, but don't. It's like you, the most freedom that I found in my life, Scott, was when I realized that people are going to betray me. And I'm not going to get bent out of shape. If you're going to betray me, all right. Understood. But I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Yeah. And I think the same thing with situations like this. It's, And for me, had I been in your situation, I would have been a little upset because he didn't re respond to my kindness. Well, you know what? It's my job to offer it, not to expect something from it. Right. And I think once we learn that some people are just not that way, like the way you are and the, and the way we are in public, sometimes people can't handle <laughs> They can't. A lot handle. of people probably can't. A lot of, yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. But we don't have to rub it in their face. Right. And, and I think it's the same thing here. Yeah. I just, I feel like I want to live a life because I'm not, I'm not much of an evangelist, right? Like I'm not, like I'm not, like I can't, I'm not going to convince you of something. I'm not going to persuade you, I don't think, right? But what I do want to do is I want to live a life that's so bright and so shiny that people will do the math. They'll say, what does that guy have? Because I know that he knows Jesus. And I wonder if that's the thing. I want them to make that connection. I want them to make that, do that math. Because I'm unapologetic about either or both. Neither. Something. Yeah. yeah. Both ways. I don't care about, I, this is who I am. People know who I feel, how I feel about Jesus. And people know that I try to lead with love all the time. And so if they can do the math that says that's yeah, Jesus but, in him. But Scott, here's the thing. We, we all, when we talk about Jesus, we all don't talk about the same Jesus. Right. There's there's the political Jesus. There's the Catholic Jesus. There's the this Jesus and the that Jesus and this Jesus over here. And um, the religious Jesus, like where where we came from, um, the do and do's and don't Jesus. The reality is that Jesus came to love. And if we just love people are eventually going to do the math on you. Yeah. Uh, they're going to do the math on me. Or whoever, or who, any of us who call ourselves Jesus, Jesus people, they're going to do the math. Now they may judge us in, against what they know and understand Jesus to be, but as we're persistent in relationship and we penetrate the shell with our kindness, then those people are going to go. Well, this is not this is not the Jesus I heard about, nor is it the one I was taught about. Yeah. But I like this Jesus better. And then that's when we become the evangelist, not until the shell's yeah. broken. Does that make any yep. sense at all? In fact, all? that's a Bonhoeffer yeah. thing, right? Like It you, is. Yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. to like develop a relationship with someone before you can start swinging Jesus at people. Right? Yeah. you got to carry their burdens. And oh, okay, here's them. another redneck fish joke. So, right. So when, if you've, have you, you fish before, right? I have fish. All right. I don't catch much, but right. I fish. Well, okay, so, well, I'll show you how to catch a lot of fish. It's really easy. Just we'll go to a lake, go on a boat, stick a dynamite, <laughs> let go in the water, they just float to the top. But when when you went fishing and you did catch a fish, um, do you when you when you caught the fish, did you clean the fish before you caught it? No. Okay, so that's sort of what we do. In some churches, we try to clean people up before we get them inside, hmm. right? Um, and that's not what Jesus did. In fact, he did the polar opposite. Yes. Uh, he received most of his comments and his hardships and his criticisms because he hung out with prostitutes, drunkards, and tax collectors. So again, polar opposite, but yet he raised the flag for his father's mission through relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Okay, that's it. We're done. Yep. Boom. <laughs> it was really great. I'm looking forward, actually, 
one more plug for Journey to Homeless because you're coming back, I think, either later this week or early next week because you're going to be a guest on the whole podcast. Never heard of it, but yeah, I'll be here. That's not the right thing to see we're yeah. supposed to. Yeah. Anyway, the whole podcast is the Journey to Homeless podcast. Uh, that's uh, Becky Alcantar, Pastor Becky, who's the author of the Journey to Wholeness curriculum. And uh, she and I have a podcast where we discuss some of the things that affect us all, depression and shame and, I don't know, grief and all the things. And so you're going to be the guest. You're our first ever guest. We've oh. never had a guest before on that. Mm. And so I'm anxious to do another podcast with you because I feel like- Oh, it'll be fun. Yes. It will be fun. Yeah. And I'd like you to come back here again sometime. I Let's think. do it. Yeah. We could awesome. do it every week. I think people yeah. would get tired of hearing us. I don't think so. If they don't get hard, tired of hearing from me, they don't get, they're not going to get tired of hearing oh, from you. Okay. So anyway, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with someone you feel like uh, could use to hear some of these words or some of this uh, perspective on who we are and who we are in Jesus. Um, you can always subscribe to this podcast on any one of your favorite podcasting channels. In fact, I think new uh, is Amazon. I think Amazon has a podcasting thing now. But otherwise, all the normal things, Spotify and Apple and all the rest. And so you're welcome to subscribe. If you get anything out of this podcast or any one of our podcasts, the, the message podcast, cheery conversations, the whole podcast. Uh, Life with the Hennessy's. I mean, there's we've got like six different podcasts here. And so if uh, you're welcome to listen to any one of those, I feel like you really enjoy them. And if you do get something out of them, you're welcome to help us support those uh, by visiting lifechurchgreenbay.com slash give, uh, where you can help us underwrite uh, some of the costs of this pivot in what we're doing. One way or another, I'm glad that you were with us today. And I can't wait for you to visit with us again next time. This has been Chew on That. We'll see you then. Oh, 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 oh.